0: Love God, lift others Welcome to Elevate Life Church Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another elevated message Here's Senior Pastor Sergio Lamon. for the word today all right well we've been uh, in a new series we just started this month called a different spirit okay let's pray father we just thank you for the word of god and i thank you lord that your word promises us that if we would praise you you would inhabit the praises of your people lord i sensed your presence in here today during our praise and worship as your people responded to the word of god and they began to lift up a sacrifice of praise we know your presence is here now speak to us lord god In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. A different spirit. So we began to talk about this last week out of Numbers 13, where looking at the children of Israel, and most of us know the story. Uh, if you don't know it in the Bible, you probably saw the Prince of Egypt. Can I get an amen on that? Some of the OGs remember the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. Come on, every Easter they throw that puppy on and you watch that every year. You know the story of the children of Israel leaving bondage, the bondage of Egypt. They were slaves in Egypt. God took them out of there, delivered them, and brought them into the wilderness And while they were in the wilderness, Numbers 13 says that God spoke to Moses and he said, I want you to gather 12 leaders together and send them to spy out the promised land. Now, remember, these weren't scrubs. These weren't non-serving, non-tithing, half a Christian people. These were leaders. And look what happens. He sends them in, the best of the best. And as they go into the promised land, they come back, and these quote-unquote leaders, best of the best, 10 of them say, oh, no, 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 we can't handle the promised land. No, 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 no. I know God said he gave it to us. I know it's ours, but, man, there's giants there. There's no way we can defeat those giants. No, 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 I know he said he was ours, but it's too much work, man. There's too much over there. Let's just stay here in the wilderness. Can we do that? But there were two guys. There were two guys named Joshua and Caleb. The only two names that we know from that group. The only two names that people still name their kids after. Nobody remembers the name of those ten spies. Nobody names their kids after those ten spies. You want to know why? Because they were losers. And we don't name our kids after losers. But you, you'll find a Joshua. You'll find a Caleb. Come on, you'll find those names. Why? Because they had a different spirit. Now, here is why I'm preaching this to you this month. Because I want us to have a different spirit. I want you and your family to have a different spirit. I want you and your spouse to have a different spirit. Single people, I want you to get a different spirit so you can pick a good spouse. I want you to get a different spirit because here's what you need to learn from this story in the book of Numbers. Only those with a different spirit inherit the promise. Just being a good Christian doesn't get you there. Remember, these were 10 leaders. Leaders, that means they were doing everything right. They were following the word step by step. They tithed, they gave, they served. They weren't sleeping around. Come on, somebody. They weren't smoking them trees. Come on. They weren't drinking. They were living right, doing right, but they still didn't get the promise. Guys, I'm not a rookie. This ain't my rookie season. I've been in this 32 years. I've been to over 50 different nations on over a hundred different trips. I've been to close to 25 different states. I preached on big platforms, little platforms. And can I tell you what I have learned in my 32 years is most of us are content in the wilderness, some of you that have been coming to church here for the last 10 years, last five years, last third years, uh, 30 years, three years. <laughs> guess what? You've settled and you know it and you're good with it. And I'm just telling you right now, I'm just telling you right now, it is time that we really start living this thing. Because what most Christianity is simply You have made Jesus not your Lord, but you have made him your blue genie. I say it all the time. You think you're Aladdin, don't you? Tell your neighbor, you think you're Aladdin. I see you. I see you. What do I mean by that? How many remember the the cartoon Aladdin, right? Y'all remember that cartoon, right? I know there's a thing with Disney in the church right now, but you've seen that. You've seen that movie. And you have those fantasies flying on that carpet with your girl. And, you know, some of you got, mainly the girls have those fantasies. A whole new world. (laughs) Some of you started crying when I started singing that. (laughs) But here's the problem. Here's the problem. You are not Aladdin. And Jesus is not your genie. So quit treating him like that. Oh, oh, Pastor, that's not me. Jesus is my Lord. Let's check your prayers. Why are your prayers, God, help me today? God, do this for me today? God, give me that raise. God, bless my business. God, take care of my babies. God, keep my mijito from doing anything dumb today. God, help my husband. God, help us get this house. God, do this for me. Do that for me. Are are you seeing what I'm saying? If we are completely honest, that is how many of you pray. And that is the extent of your relationship with Jesus. Your prayer should sound like this. God, what do you want me to do today? God, what would you have me do? God, what do you want me to do on this job? God, what should I do with my money this month? What do you want, God? But you know what? The majority of us don't ever pray like that. That has to change. Because he's not your genie. He's your king. He's your Lord. Everything changed at 19 when I changed my prayers to that rather than the other. Because see, when you ask God what he wants and you obey him, he then gives you what you want without you asking. Oh, if you're going to clap, clap, don't. See, because here's the challenge, right? Here's the challenge. You can't fake the funk. You can't fake it. And some of us don't pray that way because you don't want to know what he's going to say. I dare you tomorrow morning when you're doing your devotions, if you do them, to get in there and go, God, what do you want from me? Man, you blessed me with this job that I ain't even qualified for. And I'm making this money that I ain't got no education to be making this money, God. Now, I want to get a house and I need this. And God, you know, I need bills. But what do you want me to do with my money? I dare you. I dare you. Tell your neighbor, I dare you to do it. Hey, I dare you to just get in there and say, God, don't worry about my needs today. I'm serving you. What do you want me to do at work? What do you want me to do this week? See, because when you start doing that, that is when God will make you a millionaire. Now, I'm going to prophesy right now. And the prophecy is this. There's coming a time where there will be billionaires in this church. Y'all missed it. Y'all missed it. Remember how I taught you on praise last week? Let me teach you about responding to the word of God. I want you to take notes and I want you to write this down. Because some of you are leaving your blessings in church. I'm giving you blessings and you're leaving them in church. What do I mean? Write this down and memorize it. Truth demands a response. Truth demands a response. This is for all my quiet people. That's for all my quiet people well, Patrick, I'm just a quiet person. That's okay. It doesn't matter how you are. It's about him. It's about his word. We lay down our preferences. We lay down everything and pick up what God says. Truth demands a response. And the response that we give in the house of God in the New Testament is an amen. Why do we give an amen? Because an amen means this, let it be so. So when I say there's going to be millionaires in here, you should say, Because your amen says, let it be so for me. Let it be so for me. And I've been scooping up blessings to you. And here's the thing. When you read the Bible, the Bible talks about the prayer of agreement. That when two people come into agreement, touching on anything, Jesus said, it will be so. So when I pronounce a blessing and you say, amen, it is so. But when I say, you're going to be blessed, and you're saying, You done left your blessing at the, at the seat of your seat right there. And you're going to walk out of here and that blessing, that word was right there for you. Truth demands a response. Truth demands a response. This is why you can't come to church anymore and not praise and not amen and just sit there. Because if you do, you're going to miss out on so much. And if you're one of these persons that go, well, that's not just my personality type. Well, guess what's going to happen? You're going to have to lay your personality type at the door. And you're going to have to say, God, you know, the rest of the week, this is how you made me. I get it. But I'm going to lay down how I am for your word. And I'm going to participate in the teaching and the learning of the word and the applying to praise in my life. And I'm going to put aside my preferences. I normally like to be quiet. And I'm going to participate in what your word says. And the church says. Back to my point. There's going to come a day when we have millionaires in this church. Now, listen, we could be there right now. But the problem is most of us want the blessing, but we won't give the obedience. As long as he is your genie, you ain't never getting there because he's nobody's genie. As long as your prayers are do this for me, do that for me, protect my kids. As long as it's just all that. Those are wilderness prayers, wilderness prayers. Those are orphan prayers. Remember, we've talked about an orphan spirit. What is an orphan worried about? Provision and protection. My kids never wake up in the morning going, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to sleep in this bed tomorrow? Oh my gosh, are we eating today? No, because you know why? They are my wife and I's children. Our sons and daughters, true sons and daughters, don't worry about those things. We know mommy and daddy take care of that. Can I get an amen on that? The problem with the church is you've not yet learned you're a son and you're a daughter. So you wake up, God, do this for me. God, do that for me. And God's up there going, I want to let again. You say, I didn't know Jesus had an accent. His name is Jesus. Come on. Ain't no black dude's name Jesus. Ain't no white people named Jesus, right? I'm joking. I'm joking. He's up there going, oh, gosh, again. All right. I don't get it. I don't get it. Let me send them to Pastor Sergio's church. Let me send them there because I know he'll teach them. Whether you learn is up to you. Tell your neighbor, it's up to you. So here's the point, guys. Is it too hard for some of you? Am I making you too too uncomfortable this morning? Come on. Stay with me now. I'm going to try to help you. It might hurt a little bit before I help you. And so what begins to happen, right? We have to understand that we need another spirit. And another spirit starts with putting God in his proper place. He doesn't work for us. We work for him. The moment you let go of your business and give it to God is the moment he takes over. And I'm not just speaking preacher talk. Some of you that own businesses, in a few years, it could be a chain. In a few years, you can open other locations. In a few years, you don't have to work for somebody. You can fully focus on your own business. But can I tell you, it ain't never going to happen until you start obeying God and asking him, God, what do I do with my business? What do I do with my money? I tell you what, if we could all get there, if we could all start living, God, what do you want? Instead of continuously telling him what we want, life's going to change. But I know we're not there yet. You want to know why? Because I see what comes in in our giving. We're not there yet. You want to know why? Because we still need help with children's and, and nursery. You want to know why we're not there yet? Because some of you still been coming to this church for a long time and you're still not serving or giving or tithing or helping. And those are all things in the Bible. If you read that, if you were to pray, God, what do you want me to do? It's already in the book. It's already in the book. And so when I begin to live out what God's word says and I begin to live from a position of God, it's not about what I want. It's about what you want. That's when God begins to give you the desires of your heart. That's why Timothy, we read during the the tithe, don't worry about money. God's got you. What you should be worried about is doing his will. Come on, ask your neighbor if they're getting it, if they're getting it. Now, here's the situation, right? We need a different spirit. It takes a different spirit to be able to say, God, what do you want? Look what it says in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3, 14 and 19. And this is what I'm getting at today. Paul writes and he says, my response is to get down on my knees before the father. This magnificent, magnificent father who parcels out all heaven and earth. I ask him to strengthen you. Listen to this by his spirit. Not to give you a brute strength, but a glorious strength. Inner strength that Christ will live in you as you listen to this part open the door and invite him in. And as I ask him that both that with both feet firmly planted on love, you'll be able to take in all followers of Jesus, the extravagant dimensions of Christ's love. Reach out and experience the breath. Test its length, plumb the depths. Rise to the heights and listen to this part. Live full lives. Full in the fullness of God. And the church said, what is Paul writing to us about? You know what he's saying? He's saying, guys, my number one prayer for you is this, that God gives you strength, but not strength like you know it. Not brute strength. Strength in your inner man. Guys, we need a different spirit. Because I got some news for you today. And the news is this. Life is coming for you. I don't know if you know that or not. But whether you're a Christian or whether you're not a Christian, life is coming for you. I wish I could tell you that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, everything is candy and roses but it's not i wish i could tell you come to jesus and everything is gonna be all right it makes for a good sermon and many preachers have preached that but i gotta tell you something that's just not true i've been in this thing 32 years There are things that have happened in my life that I did not order. There are things that have come into my life that I did not want. But they've come. And so I got to warn the congregation this morning that life is coming for you. Now... We don't hear enough about this in our preaching. And you might say, well, pastor, who wants to go to a church where they're just preaching all this? No, no. We want messages that uplift. We want messages that encourage amen to all of that. But we also need truth. And what I see in the body of Christ scares me because we ain't ready for nothing. Because for over a decade, this generation has simply heard messages. You're going to make it. It's going to be all right. Don't worry about a thing. And listen, I love those messages, and I will keep preaching them. But we have to mix those messages with reality. And the reality is this. Life is coming for you. It's coming for you. We don't hear that enough. You know what we hear all the time? The devil's trying to get the devil came over my house this week and he went and he shut the lights off on us. We ain't got no power at our house. Come on, you know where I'm going. Sister, you didn't pay the bill. You went out and bought a handbag last month with your light bill money. That's what you did. You took them grandkids out again and got them two Happy Meals because they wanted the other toy. And there's three grandkids, and you dipped into your bill money to spoil your grandkids. Come on now. And now the bill ain't getting paid, and they shut your lights out, and you're talking about the devil. That devil, that crafty devil. He's attacking us, Pastor. He's attacking my life. Can I help you guys real quick? Let me set you free. The devil don't care nothing about you. Because you're not a threat to his kingdom. You ain't kicked the demons out your house. you partying with them. He knows where he's at on Friday nights. He's there too. He ain't tripping off of you. But guess what is? Life. Life's happening. See, the devil's not tripping off of you because you're not a threat. If you've ever seen a war movie, because some of us have been to war. There have been maybe some veterans. or I ain't never been to war, so I can only guess or gather from what I've heard or movies. But I know when they're in that war room and they're planning an attack and they're getting ready to invade a country, they're not planning an attack and saying, okay, guys, here's what we're going to do. We're going to hit all the Denny's restaurants. And then we're going to tear up them IHOPs in that city. And we're really going to cripple them because we're going after them 7-Elevens. And we're going to take all that out. They don't do that. Okay? And the reason they don't do that is because those places aren't a threat. They're not a threat. But what they do plan and plot on is they'll plan to hit areas that are a threat. Places where there may be, you know, where they may be making bombs or there's artillery and those things. So some of you can rest easy because you're not a threat yet. So you might say, well, then, Pastor, why is all this happening to me? I want to tell you something today. It's happening to you because life in a fallen world is difficult. And we live in a fallen world, guys. We live in a fallen world where cancer exists. We live in a fallen world. I'm looking at my friend over here where strokes happen, where diabetes is. We live in a world with disease. We live in a world full of of natural disasters, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes. We live in a world where fires happen. People's houses have been burned down. We live in a world, guys, can I just tell you, that doesn't love us because it's fallen sin corrupted the entire world so here's what we've got to understand because we live in a fallen world we are all susceptible to bad things happening to bad things happening now i know this isn't a shouting part of the sermon but you got to know this it's the truth life is going to happen and the reason I'm, I'm speaking to you about this is because I need to prepare you for life. As I said, I'm not. this ain't my rookie season, y'all. I'm LeBron up on this mic. I've been in the league a while. Okay? I may not be at my top form. Come on, somebody. But I'm still in the league. I'm still in the league. And here's what the league has taught me. Most Christians are not prepared for what's around the corner. And that scares me. We had a great marriage conference. And this is the burden of a pastor. As I sat in that marriage conference with all you wonderful couples, I'm so excited, like, God, pour into them, strengthen them. Maybe just one thing will help them make it through another year. Guess what I was also feeling? Grief. Because there are some that were in previous marriage conferences, they're not married no more. They're not married no more. And it's not about, well, whose fault was it? Well, pastor, did that happen because they weren't? No, I'm not blaming. I'm not casting blame. Life happened. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You went, you never asked for your divorce, but it happened. You didn't ask to lose a child, but It happened. There have been so many things that have happened in my wife's life and in my life that we did not order, we did not want, but it happened. And we always go with the questions. Well, why? Why is this happening? Why? I thought if I just did everything right, everything would be good. Who told you that? Read your Bible. We live in a fallen world. So we must be prepared to live in this fallen world we must have our faith our shield of faith our sword of the spirit we must have ourselves girded up with the belt of truth we must have our feet shod with the gospel the preparation of peace and all you worried about is Gucci Jordans because you're not thinking that life happens. Breaks my heart. It, I, I, I literally went back here. Whew, and I cried over some people that I remember pouring into in their marriage conferences. And they're not married anymore. And again, it's not about casting blame. And I'm not even saying those couples, uh, it's their fault or anything. I'm just saying, God, I got to prepare people for what could be around the corner, and the problem is we're not we're not ready for nothing, and that's why we play games with God. That's why we oh I, I might tithe, I might not, I might go to prayer, I might not. The average Christian in America, guys, goes to church every, once every six weeks. That's pathetic. Why is that pathetic? Because if Jesus is Lord of all, it should be a priority to get his word, to be amongst his people, to worship him, to be in his house. But the average person, once every six weeks, we're not ready for what's coming. We're not ready for what's coming. And that scares me. But there's one thing that can get us ready. And that's a different spirit. Proverbs chapter 18, 14, it says this. A healthy spirit, put that on the screen, guys. A healthy spirit conquers adversity. But what can you do when the spirit is crushed? It all comes down to a healthy spirit. We spend way too much time strengthening these other areas of our life and we don't have a healthy spirit. See, some of you that have been divorced, I don't know if you know this or not, but you're still serving God. And guess what? It wasn't just by accident. Your spirit carried you through that. Your spirit is why you're still here. Some of you lost a child but you're still in the house of God. You made it. I've often wondered, I've never lost a child, and I've often wondered, how do people make it through that pain? Your spirit will get you through things. So here's what I want us to catch this morning before you leave. It's time that I start focusing more on my spirit than I do any other area of my life why because life is coming for you it's coming it's coming guys I don't take my marriage for granted because I know you see us and you're like oh these pastors you know oh that must be great they got a great marriage do you know how many times she's wanted to leave me do you know how many times I've wanted to leave her Do you know how many times our spirit kept us together? If we didn't have a strong spirit, both of us would have been like, yeah, I'm good. I'm tired of you. I'm out. You didn't have to say it like that though, but I'm just joking. I know what I'm talking about. And as I sat in a marriage conference yesterday, I just thought to myself, I thought, I hope these couples aren't up here critiquing the messages. I could hear it in my spirit, because I I tell you, this ain't my rookie year. I hear it. I've been in them locker rooms. How was the marriage conference? It was all right. How'd you like that last session? Nah, I didn't care for that dude. I don't like that dude. You know, that other one, that one lady, I liked her. That was, was good. She was good. You're not Siskel and Ebert. It's not your job to come to church. It was a thumbs up. It was a thumbs down. Do you know why you come to church like that? Because you don't know life's coming for you. I don't get to sit in church every Sunday like y'all. I go to conferences. I have relationships. Other ways I have to fill up. But whenever I'm at a conference, and my wife and I will talk, we'll, sometimes we'll be like, man, I am not really care for this speaker. But then before we go in, I always got to adjust. It doesn't matter if I care for this speaker or not. God, speak to me through this word. Because you may just use somebody I do not like to change my life. Because oh. he's done it before. I hear a lot of preaching. Oh, you got to be relevant. You got to be wrong. Man, you should have saw the preacher that preached when I got saved. Now, I, was, I grew up right here in South Sacramento, Valley High School. I was all, you know, I, I drove to church that day listening to NWA and Eze. e The unedited versions. Thank you very much. On the flip side was Luke and two live crew. I just took some of y'all back. Come on back. Come on back. That's what I went to church in, in a Carmagea with bass, pulled up in the parking lot, went to this church, 98% white, had a guest speaker that day from Louisiana. This dude reminded me of the coach in the water boy. Y'all remember that one coach? (laughs) zero in common with this dude couldn't even relate 32 years later i'm preaching the gospel because of that man because somehow some way had nothing in common with this dude was annoying me just hearing him but when he said somebody here needs to give their life to jesus i responded did you know I could have walked out of that meeting and gone, I can't stand that dude. I could, I could, Man, his voice was getting on my nerves. Like some of you do every Sunday. Instead of posturing yourself and going, I ain't here to judge the sermon. I'm not here to look at what Pastor Sergio is wearing and critique it. I'm not here to judge whether I like the songs we sang this morning. Why do we sing them songs? Huh, ever since Sky came, we ain't here to do all that. We're here to just go, God, this is your time. And I'm here to hear you speak, even if it's through a message that's not funny. Even if this is a Sunday where Pastor Sergio is off, I'm going to hear something today. You want to know why I posture like that? Because life is coming for me. There is no guarantee your marriage makes it. I'm sorry to tell you that. There's no guarantee. You're going to have to fight to keep that thing alive. And you better fight. Because your kids deserve to be raised by a mom and a dad in that same house. They deserve that. And I don't know if you think you're just that good that you're gonna make it. That's our problem, it's our pride. I got this. Some of you are a step away from not making it, and you're still not taking God serious. Single people, single people, you need God. You need God. You think the man of your dreams is gonna fall out of heaven? It ain't gonna happen. Cause life don't want it to happen for you, and I realized that at a young age, in my twenties, I started going to churches and preaching, and I started realizing that half the ladies in these churches wasn't about it about it. Some of you got that reference. They was halfway in the church, halfway in the world. I was like, "Oh God, I don't want one of them." Where them fine girls that could shikata rabbasata? Where them at, God? Every time I go to church, I keep one eye open. One eye Jesus. But one eye was, hey, is she here today? she here today? And I would find fine women with no spirit. And I told you last week, there was one I was interested in, and I said, God, why not? She's so fine, God. Looking like Apollonia even, Lord God. Some of y'all know that, some of y'all. And God told me this, she'll cheat on you within five years. She doesn't have what you need. I said, okay, that's all I needed to hear. That moment on, I realized, God, if I'm going to get a wife that can live this life with me, you got to bring her. And if I want you to bring her, I can't sleep around in secret. I can't have hookups. I can't be this preacher that's doing one thing and has a secret life. Because if I do that, you ain't bringing her. And if you don't bring her, her, she don't come. And I'm going to end up with one of these church rats. (laughs) They ain't hood rats, right? They ain't hood rats. Because listen, life was coming for me. Life wanted me to marry the wrong person. Life wanted me to compromise my call and lose my testimony. So we're realizing that bad things can happen. And I'm not talking about being in fear, guys. I'm not talking about that. But realizing and assessing the threat that we live in. And assessing the threat of the fallen world that we live in. You better have some wisdom to know this. Your marriage ain't making it without him. Your kids ain't going to be raised right without him. (laughs) You ain't never going to find the girl of your dreams without him. And the man of your dreams ain't coming to you without him. So you better be all in to possess the promise. Last thing I got to say is this. This is a word for some of us that have been doing it for a while. The 12 spies were leaders. The 12 spies were doing everything by the book. Yet, they still decided to stay in the wilderness. They still said no to the promise. And you want to know why? Because it was too hard. It costs too much. See, these leaders had put themselves on the throne of their life. But two guys said this, God, if that's the promised land and you want me to have it, I will fight whatever giants I got to fight to possess your promise, to do what you want me to do. My goal, is to get a church in South Sacramento full of people like that. Who's in with me? Give God a good praise clap. Hey everybody, Pastor Sergio here. and We just want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Make sure you check us out next week as we continue this series.